Hi, you're listening to New Week number 106. This is a midweek update from New World Same Humans, a newsletter on trends, technology and our shared future by me, David Mattin. You can find the links, videos and images in this instalment in the email where this podcast is embedded. Just scroll down or on the web, see a link in the show notes. And if you're listening to this and you haven't yet subscribed, join 24,000 curious souls on a journey to build a better future. Go to www.newworldsamehumans.com to sign up. Hello, I put the newsletter on pause last week due to travel commitments. To make up for it, this week is a bumper instalment. So what do we have in store? Well, this week, new research suggests widespread fears about social media and democracy are well-founded. It really does fuel polarisation, at least according to this research. Meanwhile, the UK's Met Office outlines a future in which we burst through the 1.5 degrees of warming target, but claw average temperatures back underneath it by 2100. And the global population surpasses 8 billion people for the first time. Let's get into it. Vox Populi. How is social media reshaping our democracies? This week saw publication of what is surely the most comprehensive review to date of the evidence. Published in the journal Nature Human Behaviour, A new paper saw the analysis of hundreds of high-quality studies on the impacts of social media on participation, trust, hate, polarisation and a range of other dynamics inside democratic societies. So what were the results? Well, they're mixed, but overall, it doesn't look good. On the positive front, The researchers found that social media was weakly associated with exposure to more diverse political news, in contrast to once fashionable thinking about social media filter bubbles. But social media was also associated with decreased trust in democratic processes, increased hate, polarisation and a tendency towards populism. Now look, an association of course isn't the same as a causal link, but by using analytical methods known as causal inference techniques, the researchers were able to establish that the data they were looking at does support the existence of a causal link between social media and the phenomena in question. In other words, that vague feeling many of us have that's talked about so often that a connected world is doing something strange and troublesome to our societies, well, it looks as though we might be right. Here's the new world same humans take. At the heart of these issues is a powerful truth. Our democracies were designed in the 19th century on the whole. They simply weren't made to operate alongside ultra-connected, many-to-many media environments. It wasn't so long ago, back in the 90s, that we were talking about the impacts of television on democracy. Then along came Twitter and a whole new wave of disruption. These days, vague, the internet is bad for democracy memes are everywhere. What we desperately need is evidence, and this report is the most comprehensive attempt yet at providing that. And look at the landscape into which this report arrives. Twitter has fallen into the hands of a mercurial, some might say unstable, billionaire, and the Saudis are now a major investor. 
Meanwhile, there's rising concern, including that expressed by the FBI this week, that TikTok is a tool of Chinese surveillance and destabilisation. We urgently need a deeper understanding of the dynamics in play. And next, we need to act. The next wave of research must be on interventions that ameliorate what is damaging and promote what is positive about social. I write often in New World Same Humans on how simulations of complex social dynamics, including entire societies, will allow for new forms of insight across the coming decade. So who will be the first to build a meaningful simulation of social media inside a democracy? That kind of simulation will allow us to test various interventions and find the ones that work. Overshoot Calculus This week, the UK's prestigious Met Office offered a new perspective on global heating. The organisation published new research that shows we're unlikely to keep heating beneath the internationally agreed 1.5 degrees limit. But, say Met Office scientists, it is possible to overshoot 1.5 degrees and then bring warming back down beneath it sometime after 2100. Dr Camilla Matheson, one of the authors of the paper, said, If we overshoot 1.5 degrees, it doesn't have to be permanent. With deep and rapid reductions post-2030 and the development of diverse technologies for the removal of atmospheric carbon dioxide, it remains feasible to meet 1.5 degrees by the end of the century. And you can see a more full explanation of that argument in a video from the Met Office that's embedded in the email. At the heart of this forecast, the Met Office say that dragging warming back below 1.5 degrees will mean developing technologies that suck carbon out of the atmosphere. Here's my take. This research touches on two New World Same Humans obsessions that will be familiar to any regular readers or listeners. I've written often on how the 1.5 degrees target has drifted out of reach and the need to channel more resources towards adaptation to a heated planet. And previous instalments have explored bioengineering projects intended to help reduce global temperatures, including the Bill Gates-backed scheme to shoot reflective chalk dust into the atmosphere. Not so long ago, bioengineering was considered a fringe consideration. So the very fact of the Met Office speculating on this eventuality on exceeding 1.5 degrees and then deploying climate tech to bring us back down is a powerful signal of bioengineering's entry into the mainstream. Meanwhile, the tech is advancing. Last week brought news of an Alphabet X research project on the use of machine vision to analyse and promote the growth of sea plants that soak up carbon. So here via the Met Office is a new perspective on 1.5 degrees. The dream can still be alive even if we exceed the target. But these ideas leave powerful questions unanswered. Can we really develop technologies that will change the climate at scale? How can we be sure they won't have catastrophic unintended consequences? And if we surpass 1.5 degrees, even for just a few decades... What permanent damage will that do? New World Same Humans will, of course, keep watching.
Welcome child 8 billion. This week, a demographic milestone. The UN estimates that the global population surpassed 8 billion people on the 15th of November. It reminded me of an idea I've long fermented about technology, modernity and a long view of the human story. The population graph across the last 70 years is arresting and if you look in the email you'll see it embedded, a graph that shows population in 1950 around 2.8 billion all the way up to 2022 and 8 billion today. But the incredible nature of that demographic story isn't fully apparent until you put that graph in context. So inside the email you can also see a global population graph across the last 12,000 years, which shows human population worldwide essentially stable for thousands of years, all the way up to around the year 500 AD, when it simply explodes, rising from 600 million in 1700 to, of course, 8 billion today. Essentially, not much happened for about 11,500 years and then we exploded. If you're 47 or older, you've seen global population double or more in your lifetime. Technologists speak sometimes of a coming technology fueled singularity. This hockey stick population chart fuels my belief that such a singularity is best understood as having already arrived. In physics, a singularity is a point in space-time at which all the rules that govern the physical world break down. When we speak of a historical singularity then, we're talking about an event or process so transformative that it explodes the rules of the human condition. It's a definitive breakpoint in our story as a species. My contention is that modernity and the industrial revolution that fueled it is just that event. Modernity brought with it changes so transformative that the old world seems now unrecognisable to us. GDP per capita had been stable and tiny for a thousand years before 1800. Then it exploded. Around 12% of people were literate in 1820. Today only 14% are illiterate. Worldwide, over 40% of children born in 1840 died before the age of five, and it had been that way for thousands of years. Today, that stands at 3.9%. We shouldn't rest, of course, until it falls to zero. Take the long view, and a certain perspective becomes unavoidable. We're in the middle of the historical event that changes everything, and it is modernity. Now, the UN forecasts that global population will peak at around 10.4 billion in around 2080 before it starts to decline. Across the coming decades, we'll face a new set of questions. First, what does a falling population mean inside modernity? Look at the first graph in this section, and it's clear that this is a question developed countries need to contend with now. Second, in a world of 10 billion, what is the relationship between human labour and technologies of automation that reduce the need for much labour as we know it? That's a question for another time and the return of the Sunday notes that I've long been promising. Also this week, Amazon showcased its new Sparrow robotic arm which can identify and pick up specific items for packing. 
Currently, Amazon relies on humans to know the difference between a DVD, a book and a pair of socks and to put each item in the right basket at its fulfillment centres. Sparrow could change all that. Amazon engineers say it can correctly identify over 65% of the millions of products the company handles. Italy outlawed the use of facial recognition and smart glasses in public spaces. The new law will see local authorities given leeway to make an exception if the technologies are being used to help fight crime. The CEO of Ford says it takes 40% less human labour to build EVs than traditional cars. Jim Farley was speaking at a conference in Detroit. He said Ford plans to bring manufacture of components back in-house in order to preserve jobs as the company shifts to electric vehicles. Germany blocked the Chinese takeover of the Elmos chip plant in Dortmund. Economy Minister Robert Harbeck cited security concerns, saying critical production areas require special protection. New research suggests oil and gas producers are massively underreporting their carbon emissions. The emissions tracking NGO Climate Trace says producers are hiding the level of emissions produced by oil and gas fields, which could be up to three times higher than reported. NASA launched its Artemis 1 mission, which will see the uncrewed Orion spacecraft travel 40,000 miles beyond the moon before coming back to Earth. The Artemis mission forms the first major part of NASA's quest to put astronauts back on the moon by 2025. OpenAI and its partners are being sued because their automated coding tool reproduces open source code without crediting the authors. GitHub Copilot uses a large language model to turn natural language text prompts into code but several coders say it outputs large chunks of their code without attribution. They're now joining forces to sue OpenAI, GitHub and Microsoft. Back in New Week number 104, I looked at the question of ownership and attribution when it comes to artists whose work is used to train text-to-image models. Humans of Earth Here's some key metrics to help you keep track of Project Human. The global population currently stands at 8,643,628. Earth's currently needed stands at 1.792. The global population vaccinated against COVID stands at 62.8%. The 2022 progress bar stands at 88%. And on this day, the 18th of November 1928, the first animated cartoon with sound, Steamboat Willie, is released by Walt Disney. Speak no evil. Thanks for listening this week. The ongoing collision between a 21st century connected world and liberal democracies made in the 19th century is yet another case of new world, same humans. This newsletter will keep watching and there's one thing you can do to help and that's share. So now you've reached the end of this week's instalment, why not forward the email to someone else who'd also enjoy it or share it across one of your social networks with a note on why you found it valuable. Remember, the larger and more diverse the New World Same Humans community becomes, the better for all of us. I will be back next week with another instalment. Until then, be well. Be well.